out there in podcast land. You have set your dial once again to Combat Sports with Rhino, episode 88. Here we are at 88. I can't believe it. I love it. I'm stoked. So before I bury the lead, as I tend to do, our guest joining us later today will be Lisa, the Battle Angel Verzosa, fighting for the Invicta Bantamweight Championship August 27th. She took some time out to talk with the old Rhino and go 10 rounds. We are super stoked. It's a great interview. Can't wait for you guys to check that out later. So our schedule for today is as follows. We'll have our coverage of the co-main and main events of the PFL and Bellator 264 from Friday during his world-famous drop of the night. Main card picks for UFC Vegas 34 next week. And then, like I said, the aforementioned Lisa, the Battle Angel Verzosa, goes 10 rounds of Rhino. So, without any further ado, let's get our swim trunks and our flippy floppies on and dive right in. From the PFL, also known as the Professional Fighters League, the co-main event was uh, Magomed Magomed Kirimov versus Sadiboy C. And uh, this one was all Magomed in the first round. Uh, with his takedowns and with his ground and pound and his striking. The second, uh, C just kind of tried to stick and move and stay away. Finally got caught up in the third round. Uh, Magomed pushed him up against the cage for a lot of the, you know, a lot of the third round. Implemented some of his, some of his standing, you know, about nothing really major happened, but a very clear cut unanimous decision for Magomed. Moving into the main event, we had Rory McDonald, longtime, uh, UFC fighter go against Ray Cooper, the third. This one was one-way traffic, dude. Roy McDonald, we all think of the Roy McDonald from the Robbie Lawler fights and possibly against Nate Diaz, that kind of guy. He's just not that guy anymore. Roy McDonald got dominated from start to finish uh, by Ray Cooper. Ended up being a unanimous decision for Ray Cooper in that one. Bellator 264, I don't even think this was the actual co-main event. But we're going to have to cover this as a co-main event. We got my man, Rafael Superstats. Got the unanimous decision over... Um, Magomed Magomedov, and this one was amazing, dude. Rafian, his his not only his takedowns, but his takedown defense were incredible in this. He was able to shuck off a lot of the takedowns. He was able to get out from bottom. He did all the things that one needs to do to beat a tough grappler like Magomed, and wow, what a great performance by him. Great fight. I really love the... Uh, I really love the outcome, and Rafion is, he's feeling himself right now, dude. He's really stoked, calling out Petra Young, calling out everybody. I'm, I'm super happy for the guy. He literally is one of my favorite interviews we've ever done on the show, and I'm a huge Rafion Superstats fan, so I'm stoked for him. Uh, forget that win at 264 for Bellator. Moving into the main event for this one, we had Gegard Mousasi versus John Salter. Uh, Gegard was clearly the better fighter, uh, got John Salter down in the third, got the ground and pound going, got the TKO in the third to retain his uh, middleweight belt at Bellator 264. So quick little shout out, side note, we want to give a big shout out to Chrissy Yandoli for getting her kickboxing win uh, the other night for Battle Flex in New York. Big shout out to you, Chrissy Yandoli, Rhino Gang Gang. So Drea, since we did not have a UFC to cover from last night, Drea's drop of the night had to go to an alternative source, a different promotion, if you will. What did you what did you land on for your world famous Drea's drop of the night? So my drop of the night uh, this week comes from CFFC 99 uh, between Nishan Burrell versus K-Tag Pliev. Uh, it was a very entertaining fight back and forth. And uh, in the third round, Burrell, he just throws this perfectly timed left hook that, that catches Pliev on the chin and it dropped him. Uh, so Burrell gets the walk-off KO for that. And also my Dreo's drop of the night. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, I, we <laughs> many times on the show, Drea, I've talked about when you get that one punch or that one kick knockout that mm-hmm. and their body just goes limp. So then I always say it's like oh, a sniper. Yeah. It's like it's like a sniper from the roof. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. <laughs> they stopped whatever they were doing. They went from standing to laying on the floor. <laughs> to night night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what that was. <laughs> so yeah, big shout out to Nishan Burrell. Great win for him at CFFC. Um, so yeah, let's go ahead and get into our main card picks for UFC Vegas 34 this coming Saturday. Uh, I may have this a little out of order, Drea, but you know, just, just follow along with me if you will. So first I've got Trevin Jones over Mana Martinez by second round ground and pound TKO. What's your call on that one? I went, uh, Trevia Jones as well. Round two, but a clean KO. I'm going clean KO. All righty. Next, we're going to move into 155 pound division. I've got from hell Pichel beating Austin Hubbard by a very clear-cut unanimous decision in that one. What's your call, Drea? 
I'm right on board with you. I'm going Pichelle with the unanimous decision. Moving into the 125-pound division, and what I'm very excited about, actually, Alexander Pantoja versus Brandon Royval. I've got Pantoja beating Royval by a razor close unanimous decision in that one. What about you? Yeah, I, I kind of went back and forth on this, and I, I think it's going to be a great fight. I'm sure it'll be uh, a lot of uh, grappling in this, and I'm going Pantoja as well, but I think he's going to get the sub over Royval. And no one will be surprised if Roy Val is able to, you know, get this one because yeah, that kid is exactly. <laughs> yeah, that kid is good. Uh, moving into, I uh, got the, for next. I've got the heavyweight. I got the Chevy, uh, Chase Sherman. I've got him KOing Parker Porter in a, as a clean KO in the second. And I'm even calling my shot as I like to do at least one time on my picks. I'm saying <laughs> it's going to be a right uppercut against the fence a right uppercut against the fence for chase sherman second round k over parker porter future play Andrea, what's your call on this fight i think it's gonna go uh the full fight i am picking the same person as you chase sherman i'm going with him but i think he's gonna get the ud all right we got a ud for chase sherman for the feature play Andrea. moving into the man clay guida talk about a veterans veteran i've got clay guida beating marco madsen by a Unanimous decision in this one as well. What about you? I kind of went back and forth uh, on this. I know I, I love Clay Guida, but I, I don't know if he's going to do it. I, I think I'm going Mark Madsen on this one. Um, round two sub for Madsen. The dude abides over here. The dude abides. Mm -hmm. And I'm sticking with my man, Clay the Carpenter Guida. <laughs> okay. So in the main event, we've got Jared Cannonier versus Calvin Gasolum. I've got Jared Cannonier winning by fourth round clean KO, and I'm calling my shot on this one too. It is okay. going to be from half guard elbow to Calvin Gasolum's face. It's going to put him to sleep. Jared Cannonier KO round four. What about you? Uh, I'm going Cannonier as well. I'm going round three though. I think he's going to get a clean KO in round three. All righty. So that is going to conclude our picks for UFC Vegas 34. Speaking of picks, we all love to make them, but let's get real for a second. The sport of MMA is unpredictable. If anyone says they know for sure how a fight is going to go, they are either lying or delusional. Many of the best fights in history are the ones where the unexpected happens. And as we all know, the unexpected happens all the time. No Pick'em or Prediction app accounts for this unpredictability or even allows the forecaster to acknowledge that uncertainty is a real thing. Until now, we've got Fight Forecaster, fam. Fight Forecaster rewards its users for being precise in their predictions. You get the most points for picking the round, winner, and method, a decent amount of points for picking just the winner and method, and a small amount of points for picking just the winner. How confident and precise you want to be is completely up to you. Let's be honest, even the most hardcore fans don't know everything about every fighter. Don't we want to be a little bit safer in making our predictions? I know I do. With Fight Forecast, you can guarantee yourself points if you play it smart, whether you know the fighters or not. But it's always a lot better if you do, isn't it? The app is available on the App Store and Play Store and is absolutely free. If at some point you have any questions, suggestions, or concerns, you can DM the man in charge of Fight Forecaster, Ashwin, at O-M-N-I-S-H-W-I-N on Twitter directly. He will do his best to help you out. So please, folks, check out the Fight Forecaster app, CSWR's proud sponsor. Okay, Dre, now let's go ahead and get into our Twitter questions. And our first one comes from our dear homie, the Raging Sweet Potato. RSP, what do you got this week, dude? <clears throat> in the early days of MMA, or NHB as it was known back then. No holes barred. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he wrote NHB. I know, uh, I know. I'm just making sure everybody knows, and that's what <laughs> NHB stands for. <laughs> we had few, few roles and no weight classes. One thing that hasn't changed, though, is the fact that this sport has a fairly high percentage of douchebags. So true. my question, <laughs> very true. So my question is this. What are some old school UFC UFC style matchups, no weight class, no time limits, no rules that you would make to ensure that one of the combatants was guaranteed to get beat down? Like Mike Perry versus Cyril Gunn, for an example. Right. So I'm going to I'm going to make this as everybody was in their prime 
And I may or may not have a couple of guys outside of the UFC that are going to be included in this. <laughs> and a few other guys may be fighting more than once. So put put it together like a 15-fight card. Everybody's in their prime. And this is how we're going to go. First off, I've got Francis Ngannou versus Colby Covington. I mean, that come on. I don't even explain that at all. <laughs> I've got, uh, a- 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 right? I've got yeah. Anderson Silva making his first fight. And that would be against Matt Hughes. Then we've got GSP versus Junie Browning. Gosh, for those of us who are old school tough fans, there has been no bigger pain in the ass than Junie Browning. And I would love to see GSP just dismantle him. Moving into, I've got Fedor Emelianenko, my favorite heavyweight of all time, beating up Crazy Horse Bennett. Can't stand Crazy Horse Bennett. I'd love to see that happen. Alistair Ophereen versus Tim Sylvia. Oh, I would love to see that one too. <laughs> uh, the second appearance of Anderson the Spider Silva versus Tito Ortiz. I would have loved to have seen that. John Jones versus Josh Koscheck. Gosh, Josh Koscheck. Er, still irks me to even say his name. Jacare Souza versus Rusamar Palhares. I Rusamar Palhares, for those of you who don't know, is one of the biggest cheap shots, assholes, and douchers that has ever been uh, in, in high-level mixed martial arts. He holds on to leg locks way after the, the opponent taps. He holds on to chokes. He's an asshole. And I would love to see Jacare Souza just completely dismantle him on the ground. Moving into our next one would be Cyborg versus Ronda Rousey, obviously. Uh, <laughs> then Here's one I think is a little bit of a curveball for some. I would, have lo- I would love uh, both in their prime, Shane Carwin versus John Jones. And why? Because I think Shane Carwin was actually so much bigger and stronger, he would have plowed through John Jones with a double leg and just ground and pounded some hum- humility into him for once. <laughs> so Shane Carwin over John Jones. Uh, then moving into Josh Barnett versus Brock Lesnar, because, yeah, Brock Lesnar was uh, excellent at, at you know taking you down and ground and pound, but Josh Barnett is so good, at, at least at his, at his best, was so good at catch wrestling and so good at submissions and pulling weird things off. Plus, he'd be better than Brock on the feet. So, yeah, I would love to see Josh Barnett versus Brock Lesnar. Then I've got Amanda Nunez versus Macy Boo. Barber, Macy Boo. <laughs> Amanda Nunez rocking Macy Barber. Then uh, Chuck Liddell versus Bobby Southworth. Man, Bobby Southworth, I couldn't stand him on Tough One. And I would love to see Chuck Liddell. He'll land that beautiful Chuck overhand right on Bobby and uh, put him out. Then I've got Habib versus Dylan Dennis because, I mean, who doesn't want to see that? Fight? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> put an end to that, you know, jumping over the cage, all the shit talking ever said, let, let them go. And then finally, and this one is a, is a fresh addition because of the, the recent, you know, what's transpired in the last couple of weeks. But I finally, I've got Daniel Cormier. Versus Conor McGregor. <laughs> yeah. I think we could all get on board with that one. So, Rachel Sweet Potato, that was a great question. Let, let me put my think cap on and really uh, have some fun with it. So, thank you very much, RSP. I know our next one comes from our homie Brian at the Holman Sale. Holster, what do you got this week, dude? Who are your current favorite fighters in all four major combat sports? Joy, have I answered this before? I feel like I might have answered this before from somebody's question, but... My man I don't might have missed. Worded the same, but but yeah, I think so. I think so too. But we're going to go ahead and rock it out because you know we got a lot of new <laughs> listeners, and then maybe some people have forgotten. So we'll go ahead and rock this out. Uh, in the sport of boxing, my two favorites are Bud Crawford, also known as Terrence Crawford, and Caleb Plant. Those are my two favorite current pro uh, boxers. Kickboxing, my man Rico Verhoeven is numero uno. Muay Thai, now and forever, will be John Wayne Park because I think he might fight forever. Literally, like I think he might fight. All the way through his mm-hmm. 60s. So John Wayne Parr for Muay Thai. And then MMA, it's Francis Ngannou on the men's side and Valentina Shevchenko on the ladies' side. Those are my two favorites uh, in the sport of MMA. So, yes, that's my list. Thank you very much, Holster. Appreciate the question, my dude. I know our third one comes from my homie Doc. Doc, what do you got this week, broski? We've talked about opening our own gym for like 20 years right now. You're half for boxing and MMA, my half for weight training and powerlifting. Since that's probably not going to happen, laugh out loud, uh, what would Rhino's gym look like now? A realistic gym, not fantasy money, no object gym. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so first of all, never say never to the Rhino and Doc gym, dude. Let, you know, let, let some <laughs> dreams, let, let, let them stay alive in our, in our imagination. But uh, to answer your question specifically, uh, this, is, this is like a feasible thing that i could see happening at some point down the line um 
I like the I like the strip mall. I like the strip mall ones. I like the ones that you know for myself to run. I would love to be in a strip mall, hopefully with like a like a diner or a deli next door. That'd be sweet. Um, <laughs> a mat space for about twenty five people to roll or to work on striking techniques comfortably with space, right? Uh, a full cage and a full ring, but both are uh, ground level. So, you know, I've been to gyms where you have to actually, like, just like a real fight, you have to get up and get into them. And I think that takes up too much space and it's too much of a hazard. So, yeah, both a cage, a full cage, and a full ring, but ground level. Um, I would definitely love to have an office that was in a loft position, um, you know, so that you can kind of oversee everything, but you can still have your office space up top and it's not taking up space on the main floor. So I'd love to have, like, a loft office with, like, an overseeing um you know, way to look at the entire gym, a small ladies locker room and bathroom, and also a small men's uh, locker room and bathroom, plus an ice bath station, but outside, like behind the business in the alley or the parking lot or something, because I don't want water spilling all over my mats. And I really, I've always been a big fan of ice bath. Um, it's always really helped me with recovery. So I would definitely like to have that, but outside, dude. So yeah, that's, that's probably the extent of what I could feasibly pull, pull off in the next, you know, five, 10 years. But yeah, it would be Rhino Combat Boxing and MMA. So yeah, that'd be what I would do. So yes, uh, Doc, thank you very much. That was a great question, homie. So let's go ahead and Dre and get into our voice questions. And our first one comes from the big homie, Jim Asood, making his triumphant return. Jim, what do you got this week, brother? What's going on, you bunch of fucking casuals? Rhino and the Rhino gang. Hope everyone's doing well. Uh, thanks for all the well wishes, you know, I love you guys, you're great. Um, my question for you this week, Rhino, is uh, for you. Um, just seeing Vicente Luque there the other week, so relaxed before his fight. What was your adrenaline like before your fights, you know what I mean? You know, cowboy pukes, you know what I mean? Luque sat there like it was, you know, waiting for his buddy to go for coffee or something. So that's my question for you this week, man. Keep up the great work. I love the show. And you guys know it's always 420. Thanks. Oh, okay, dude. So I was like stoic, ice cold motherfucker on the outside and freaking the fuck out on the inside so bad, dude. Like for the 48 hours before a fight, I would be super withdrawn. I wouldn't want to talk to anybody. I wouldn't want to be around anybody. You know what I mean? Um, I would just try to watch comedy shit or like relaxation shit on YouTube. That was pretty much my routine for like a couple days leading up to the fight. Um all the way through seeing the doctor for the pre-fight medicals, just so nervous, bro. Like, I, you couldn't know it from the outside, but from the inside, I was doing, you know, cartwheels in my brain and in my stomach, just so nervous. Um, once I started to get taped up, gloved up, Vaseline put on my face, then I started to feel like the change, right? Once I got into the ring, I started to feel a, a major change. So that nerve, that nervousness and the, and the fear would kind of transition into excitement and adrenaline. And then once the bell rings, dude, no fear, no nerves, no anxiety, just like aggression, dude, and focus. But yeah, I was always so nervous all the way through um, until the bell rang, dude. That was for all of my fights, all 21 fights, dude, just super nervous. I never got much better from the beginning to the end. But yeah, so Jim is soon, man. We just want to let you know again, everybody in the Rhino gang, we all love you. We're, we support you. We know you had a big loss. Uh, in your family this week, and uh, we, we we love you, OG. So thank you so much for participating again, my brother. All right, Dre, I know our next one comes from the homie Mike Morgan from the Shots Fired and Wellcast Pods, one of my main broskies. Mike Morgan, what do you got this week, dude? Hey, Rhino, it's Michael from WoTV and the Shots Fired Podcast. Now, I know that you've boxed professionally before, but I just wondered, before you've ever got in the ring or even after has there been a moment a moment on the streets where you've had to use your skills just tell me about your your street fight uh story of merit that uh, you can regale us with and uh we want lots of details <laughs> so mike i've had my fair share of scraps in the pre-boxing life but never after so like the moment i started um training and boxing. I never got another fist fight again. Um, I think the best street fight story comes from uh, the old bouncer days when we had like a, we had, seriously, dude, we had like a full Braveheart night one night. Um, there was this giant group of guys and I'm, I'm going to guesstimate about 15 of them. I don't know if they were there for 
a bachelor party or whatever. There was this huge group of dudes, and there was like, I don't know, maybe six or seven of us uh, working security at the place, but we were all really big guys. Like, I was the runt at 6'1", 280, you know what I mean? And so we're really big guys. And, of course, somebody threw somebody from that group out, and then they all filtered out. And then I don't know what popped it off, dude, but something did, and it just – everybody jumped on us, and it was just a melee for, like – it felt like an hour, but it was probably more like 30 seconds, you know? And I remember one really tall guy and one really small because I was going to try to break it up. Like, I wasn't trying to fight. And these two dudes started wailing on me on my back and in the back of my head and stuff. So I was like, I had no choice to defend myself. <laughs> so I turned around and we kind of squared up with both of them and we were scrapping. And you know what's funny, Dre? Like, when I watch, like, street fight videos and stuff, like, on YouTube and whatever, it seems like everybody's on skates, like nobody has balance when they're fighting. Like I just, I guess I'm, <laughs> just you know what I mean? They look like like baby giraffes, and they're just sliding <laughs> all over the place, and they can't keep their feet. But I, luckily for me, I always could keep my feet. So yeah, we were. I was pretty much fighting the two guys at once, and they just kept. Now I wasn't knocking them out or anything. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't. Mm -hmm doing that but like i was hitting them and they were just kept on falling down and getting back up and falling down <laughs> like it got to a point where i almost laughed because like, what the fuck is wrong with these guys like i didn't even come close to losing my balance <clears throat> and then thankfully very soon thereafter the the police all kind of swarmed in and broke it all up and you know it was a whole thing after but thankfully everything was all good in the end but yeah man that was probably my most dramatic you know street fighting story was yeah, like the, the, the seven or eight of us versus like the 15 <laughs> in a full Donnie Brook, I believe is an old school way of calling it. So, yeah, that was that was that, dude. So, Mike Morgan, thank you so much. If you guys don't already, absolutely check out Mike Morgan on uh, his two shows, The Wocast, uh, which usually comes out on Mondays, and then Shots Fired, which comes out on Wednesdays with uh, Kairos and G and Chisanga. It is awesome. So, thank you so much, Mike. All right, let's move into our next one. Comes from the big homie Juice from Friendly Sparring Pod. Juice, what do you got this week, dude? Oh, what's up, Rhino? This is a uh, this is your boy Juice from the Friendly Sparring Podcast. A rare boxing question from me, though, kind of a MMA question as well, and you'll see what I mean. So, I, I got me thinking about when MMA fans uh, who haven't watched much boxing, such as myself, watch uh, boxing for the first time. They they might think that. Uh, stuff like a spinning back fist uh, might be allowed. Although I, um, if I'm correct, under the what is it called, the Marcus of Queensbury rules, that's uh, deemed a pivot blow and is illegal. Uh, so if you were to create your own sport, there was a, a your own combat sport, which is a hybrid of boxing and MMA. What rule set would you uh, put forth? Would you allow spinning back fist? Would it be? Would there be any grappling involved? Would it be just striking? What would the old rhino like to invent? Get at me. So I've waited my whole life to answer this question. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So for every, okay. So, so if you're talking about what the enclosure would be for my, for my promotion, it would be an octagon, right? A regular standard UFC style octagon, the equipment, pride gloves, Regular shorts, bare feet. The round makeup, five three-minute rounds. If for some reason there is a draw at the end of those five rounds, there is a sudden victory round also of three minutes. The rule set, full Muay Thai rules on the feet, dude. Uh, you no like double legs, but you can do sweeps. So you can, you know, you can slam them or sweep them down, but there is no, there is no ground um, grappling. So all the grappling would be done in the clinch. Clinching is allowed, but you must be aggressive from the start of the finish, from the start of the finish, from the start of the clinching, um, otherwise it's going to get broken up by the referee quickly. Should the fight go to a sudden victory round, headbutting will be implemented and legal in the sixth round. Excuse me, not the fifth round, the sixth round, which is the bonus round. So we go full left way style. Yes. Yeah. The final round is left way, dude. They do get to keep their gloves on because left way just has ropes on their hands. You know what I mean? But they get to keep their gloves, on, but headbutting is allowed. So full left way rules. Um, and then the entirety of the judging is left up to me. There are no judges. It's just me. It's who I decide was the winner. I would be fair. You can't. I can't be bought, Drea. I'm a man no. of integrity, so I would be <laughs> judging the fights completely on my own. 
The promotion would be called Rhino Fighting Championships, and we only go to venues that have a 200 ticket maximum. I mean, small, intimate venues. That's where I want to go. 200 tickets maximum, $5 pay-per-views on the internet every Thursday night because there's no need to try to compete with the big boys on Fridays and Saturdays. So Thursdays is when we would have our fights. Uh, fighters who missed weight twice. Not once. You get one gimme, but twice. Banned for life from the organization. Same thing with PEDs. You pop once, you get suspended. You pop twice, you're gone forever, okay? The money thing is so – I've broken it down so simplistically, and it's the same for everybody, whether there's five fights on the card or 20 fights on the card. Everybody gets 50000 to show and 50000 to win. doesn't matter if it's for a belt. doesn't matter who you're fighting. doesn't matter any of that. 50000 to show, 50000 to win. Period, point blank, end of story. That, my friend, is my breakdown of the Rhino Fighting Championship promotion. I fucking loved it, Juice. all righty uh absolutely check out juice on the friendly sparring pod him and leo it's it's really fun time great stuff uh speaking of great stuff my man kairos has the next question kairos what do you got this week dude what's up rhino what's up drea a few organizations are trying to go the pay-per-view route which is invicta fc and i believe the pfl is also trying to do a pay-per-view in the near future me personally i don't believe any mixed martial arts organization is capable of selling pay-per-views other than the UFC at this point. But in a world where I'm wrong, which doesn't exist, um, what would the organizations need in order to sell pay-per-views? If that's stars, okay, great. Who is a star that those organizations could have that would guarantee that they would sell pay-per-views alone? That is not named Conor McGregor. Thank you so much. <laughs> have a great day. In Kairos, no surprise, dude. I'm I'm a thousand percent with you. There there are no other organizations that I think should do pay-per-view besides the UFC. Here's the only way I'd pay for a non-UFC event, okay? It would be some sort of best of the best champion versus champion from the other organizations in like a one-night tournament type of deal. So I'm talking Bellator versus PFL or uh, one fighting championship versus Ryzen or Cage Warriors versus Brave, LFA versus Combate, KSW, Invicta, whoever. I would want to see the champions versus champions from all these organizations fight each other. That's about the only way that I would pay whatever to watch a pay-per-view from different organizations. And again, I- I'm with you, dude. I don't think any other promotion is strong enough, talent-wise, deep enough, and has enough interest where they can run pay-per-views. I really don't. So, yeah, I'm with you on that. That's the only way I would want to see or I would be able to pay to see something like that. And here's a little shout-out of advice for these other organizations. You need to be consistent, right? You need to be on cable and not premium cable, right? Just regular cable, any cable channel that shows sports or the like. Be on there and you will get a bigger fan fan base. You'll have more people interested and the content will be streamed to a whole lot more people. That's how you should run it. That's how you should do it. Shout out to the other organizations. I like them, but they're not pay-per-view ready the way that the UFC is. So Kairos, if you guys don't know Kairos or don't listen to Kairos, he's also not only on Shots Fired, where he's amazing, but he's got a great YouTube channel, phenomenal uh, artist as far as the photography goes, a great guy too, and a fellow Michiganiac. So thank you so much, Kairos. So Drea, before we get into our uh, 10 rounds of Rhino, with Lisa Verzosa, we've got a quick word from our sponsor. Hey, Rhino Gang, are you looking for a piece of furniture to tie the room together? Maybe make it feel a little bit more homey? How about a beautifully restored dresser for the bedroom or an end table for the family room? We'll look no further than my good friends at KR Designs. You got a piece of furniture that needs restoration? They got you covered. Looking for a new addition to your home decor that's already been beautifully done? They got you there, too. We're talking dressers, armoires, kitchen tables, cabinets, nightstands, any and all wood furniture you can think of, they've got or can get for you. So check out K&R Designs in-store at 101 West Chicago Boulevard in Tecumseh, Michigan, or on their website, kandrcustomdesigns.com. Check out their Facebook page, K&R Home Deco, that's D-E-C-O, to see everything they have and the amazing work that they can do. You can also call and order at 517-605-7173. They accept PayPal, Venmo, Square, Cash, Check. They accept them all. So if you want the absolute best of the best and restorative wood furniture creators, you got to check out K&R Designs. 
Tell them you're a member of the Rhino Gang, and that'll get you 20% off your very first purchase. Once again, check out K&R Designs, Combat Sports with Rhinos, proud sponsor. Everybody out there in podcast land, we've got ourselves another fantastic guest joining us this week is the Battle Angel, Lisa Verzoza, and Victor Bantamweight. Thank you so much for taking the time today, my friend. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad people off the air don't know the the hoops that both Lisa and I have been jumping through <laughs> for the last half an hour to get the Skype connection to work properly. But we're here, we're online, we're ready to rock and roll. So Lisa, round one with the Rhino is always the same for every fighter. We love to hear the origin story, the background information, how you first got involved in the crazy, wacky world of mixed martial arts. Huh. Um, well... I've, like, always grown up, like, doing sports and stuff. Uh, like, I played football for 10 years. I was a middle linebacker. Um, like, started in high school. Um, I wrestled in high school. I got fourth at state. So it just kind of made sense to keep going on with, like, contact sports. Um, my now husband was my trainer, um, and he kind of got me into it. Um, I didn't really take it seriously till maybe like halfway through my senior years when I like decided I really wanted to go for it. Um, and my first fight was like August 16th, like right after I graduated, <laughs> like the summer I graduated. Um, and I've been doing it ever since. That's amazing, dude. I, you're my first uh, female middle linebacker that I've ever spoken with, so that's badass all in itself. <laughs> uh, I was a fullback, so we would have had to have, I would have had to, you know, pull over and keep you from blitzing would have been the uh, way what, that would have gone down. Um, Lisa, you are fighting for the Invicta Bantamweight Championship August 27th. Was this the most, or is this the most intense training camp, or is it just like, you know, we want to keep things business as usual, you know, so on and so forth. So was this, was the, everything kind of ramped up or is this just kind of business as usual for this camp? I guess it's, um, sort of business as usual. Not really. I don't know. Um, this is my 18th fight camp. So we kind of have it sort of done. I mean, they're all different, you know? Um, Hmm. From from my own I, perspective, I Lisa, uh, yeah. Go ahead. I guess so. Uh, we have uh, day jobs now, and that's kind of added to my training because I do a lot of physical labor. Um, like, me and my husband both work at a hotel, so I'm, like, constantly moving around, doing stuff, lifting things. Um, so it's kind of added to my functional strength, I guess, whenever I've had, like, a day job like that. Like, I used to be a stalker at PetSmart. I'd be, like, lifting 50-pound bags of, like, you know, cat litter and dog food and stuff. Sure. Um, <laughs> so it really depends on what's happening in my life. But as far as fight camps go, like, um, it's usually, like, six days a week. Like, we do strength and conditioning, um, like, jujitsu. I do, like, boxing private lessons. We always do sparring on Sundays. So that aspect of it same but like the stuff around it kind of changes um which kind of adds to it you know sure um so you're taking on tanisha Tennant is your opponent that night what what do we know about her what challenges do you think she kind of brings with her what are some of the uh you know the things that she brings into the cage with her that are going to be a possible problem for you or at least that you're going to have to make sure you're ready to keep an eye out for um I'd say her movement is really good. I think getting inside is going to be um, where the biggest problem lies. Um, I've watched some of her fights. It doesn't look like she likes fighting inside. Like, she likes to keep people at a uh, distance and kind of, like, hit them from out there, which is okay. But, obviously, you want to bring people into out of their comfort zones during a fight. So... Um, yeah, I'd say she has really good movement. Um, she has, like, nice, like, straight punches. She's not, like, a slouch, but, um, yeah, I don't think I'm, like, scared of her either. Oh, certainly not. Well, otherwise, you know, you wouldn't be taking the fight. I mean, we all obviously have normal <laughs> pre-fight pre jitters. 
But as far as, yeah, I'm sure you're not afraid of her in any way. So you already kind of mentioned it a little bit, including your amateur career. You have 17 MMA fights deep. You're only 25 years old. Like, do you think, <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. You know what I mean? I didn't even turn pro until I was 28. So what do you think you've learned the most about the game from that very first AMI fight back in 2014 until now being on the cusp of the Invicta title fight. So in that time, what do you think you've learned the most? Obviously, you've learned, you know, everything about everything, but where's, like, the biggest improvement been from then to now? Hmm. Uh, a few things, actually. I'd say, like, I learned something different from every fight, from every fighter I face. Um, they all have something to add, I guess. Um, like, my first fight... I had a super big adrenaline dump. Like, I got super jacked up before it. Um, like, I walked out to, like, Disturbed, which I love Disturbed, but it was, like, you know, it's like, too much, you know? <laughs> um, I still won that fight, uh, TKO. But, uh, yeah, like, in the middle of the fight, like, you could tell, like, my energy just kind of all got sapped out of me because of, like, that adrenaline dump. So that was, like, the biggest thing then that I learned um was to not get like so amped up like you don't need to be be amped up to go fight someone I guess <laughs> or at least I don't I know everybody's right. different um beyond that um I guess kind of the mental side of it like um like not getting into your own head and like thinking too much of like what are they going to do in the fight what do I need to do to like you know beat them or whatever it's more just kind of focusing on what I need to do and I let my coaches kind of um figure out what I need to work on from you know fighter to fighter and then they'll just kind of coach me as I go through camp you know instead of me like thinking I need to like figure out every counter move before the fight even happens because that that tends to like make me super anxious because I'm like um whenever I think about fighting like my heart rate goes up because my body's like oh we're gonna fight right but if I don't actually do anything then it just kind of stays inside and like makes me anxious I don't know if that makes sense <laughs> it certainly it certainly does so that was the biggest thing I learned from um uh, my last fight, actually, because I was like, obviously, I was coming back from a loss, even though like a great fight or whatever, I still like needed that win. So I was like, oh, my God, she's going to do this. She's going to do that. And I was like constantly um, it just made me like super stressed out, um, which uh, which affects like your entire body. Um, so I learned just to. Like, chill, just tr uh, trust the process. Like, I don't need to um, visualize everything, you know? Like, I know for some people that's super helpful, but for me, I'm just, I'm in the moment, and I have to be, you know? <laughs> so, so your perspective is exactly how I wish my pro career would have gone. I was the complete fucking opposite, <laughs> dude. Like, <laughs> I had to come out to metal, and I always, always came out to Pantera. And I, I had to, I would be so annoying to everybody, like, uh, like in the weeks leading up to it, like once, the, once the contracts were signed, I wanted to know, I wanted to talk to like people who had trained with that person or people who had seen them fight. And I wanted to get every possible piece of information. Cause I was such a cerebral nerd that I wanted to know everything. I wish I would have been more like you and been kind of been like, I just trust the process. You know, <laughs> just kind of relaxed. I, I, I'm envious of that for sure. So the nickname Battle Angel is super badass. Nobody else has that. It's super unique and original. Who gave that nickname to you? That actually is from the movie Alita Battle Angel. Um, I don't know if you've seen it, but uh, it's about um, a cyborg, actually, who is like 300 years old. Um, and she got dropped down from like the... There's kind of like the sky city. It's like basically the apocalypse, right? She got dropped down. Like someone just threw her out. Um, and she didn't remember anything. She had to kind of like rebuild herself and find out who she was. And 
Um, she has like this all or nothing attitude. Uh, I just, I don't know. I watched it like when it premiered. Um, me and my husband watched it in theaters. Um, and I was just sat there watching it. I just really resonated with um, kind of everything she was feeling. And I just kind of related to her a lot. Um, and basically she'll just fight until like her limbs are torn off, you know? (laughs) So, um, I felt like that fit me more than the Strangler. (laughs) And my last (laughs) name wasn't Spangler anymore because I got married. So it just, I mean, it was fine for my amateur career. Um, and obviously some of my pro career, but it just, and it just didn't really fit me anymore. You know, because I, I don't know, I, it was a really cool nickname. Um, and one of my friends actually gave it to me, uh, Josh Ryan, um, who I used to train with at Gladiator MMA back in the day, um, which is like a mall gym. Um, like Ricky Simone used to train there. Um, yeah, like it was a cool place. Um, but yeah, that was like 14. <laughs> um, but yeah, it just, uh, I've changed. I've gotten older. So, I mean, it just kind of changed with me, I guess. And it just made more sense to me, I guess. No, that makes total sense. Dude. That's very cool. Um, in an ideal world for, for a fighter, at least for, for me, I love to get in and get out. I wanted to go as fast as possible. If it was the first punch, great. Um, especially as a pro, I just wanted to get in there and do my, do my deed and get out of there. Um, you've got a ton of fights that have gone the distance. Um, this gives you much more cage time than I'm assuming most people that have had your amount of fights. You've really had a lot of time in the cage. Could I assume that just like I believe it is, is that's a big advantage for you moving forward in your career, don't you think? Uh, yeah, I'd say so. Um, like, obviously, we all want the finish. Like, I go in there and, like, yeah, that'd be awesome. Like, I've had a couple, with, like, you know, finished in, like, a little over 30 seconds or whatever. And that was cool. But um, I'm fighting a lot of tough people. Like, I, um, I've i never tried to fight lemons. Like, Mark, my manager slash husband, he's never, like, tried to pad my record or anything. Like, everyone I've fought has been, like, really tough. Um, so I feel like I've learned a lot from that, like coming back from adversity and, um, I've seen a lot of things at different angles, like you said, cause I've had so much cage time. Um, and I feel like the more you get in the cage, the more comfortable you get, like the more you learn. So yeah, I guess, um, there's a, not a lot that surprises me. I mean, there still is, because sometimes you'll think a fighter is going to be a, a ground fighter, and then she kicks you in the face, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ian Shanna Young. She's smart, because she'll, like, she'll fight someone on the ground one fight, and then the next fight she'll do stand-up, which is, uh, I think that's kind of cool. But, yeah, I thought she was going to, like, jujitsu me, and then was, like, doing taekwondo kicks. So um, I've I've learned... Um, how to adapt in the middle of fights a lot. Like, a lot of my fights, I have to do that, actually. Like, I'll think one thing's going to happen, but you you never know what's going to happen in a fight. So you just really have to adapt. And I think that's also why I also um, don't get, like, super cerebral, like you were saying. Like, because you don't know. You don't really know what they're going to do. They could change completely fight camp to fight camp. Um, I know I have, like, uh, my coach, uh, Mark, um, actually tries to make sure that I'm a little bit different every fight. So that's kind of how I see it. Absolutely. Uh, round, the next round is we're going to, we kind of want to find out what are some things you like to do outside of the cage, away from the cage, things that have absolutely nothing to do with fighting for fun or some hobbies, just away from fighting, what are some things that uh, the Battle Angel likes to do for fun? Probably the biggest one right now is riding bikes. Um, we have <laughs> we have a lot of bikes because it's kind of like shoes. Like there's a different bike for every occasion. <laughs> yeah. 
Like I have my hybrid that that's the one I take on the road and go places with. And then I have my mountain bike, which obviously that's for like trails and stuff. Um, I'm getting a BMX bike done right now. So I could do like jumps and tricks and stuff um, at 503 BMX actually. Sweet. Um, what else? We have like little beach cruisers. Um, it's just for, you know, different they have different uses, so uh, we're, like, super into bikes. My husband used to be a bike tech, so we're just kind of pretty nerdy about bikes. And <laughs> I don't even care. I don't care if it's 3 a.m. I don't care what time it is. If I'm super tired, I will want to go ride on a bike. I don't care. Um. <laughs> anytime, I hear, anytime I hear any reference to BMX, I think of the 1980s classic movie Rad. Oh my so, god, we have a poster of that in our garage. <laughs> Mark bought it actually. I haven't watched it yet, but he purchased it like because he watched it as a kid. Yeah, it's 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 terrible and phenomenal all rolled up into one. So I think you're really gonna enjoy it. Um so Lisa, our next one is one of the ones that our fans absolutely love. They clamor for. I get DMs about it all the time. Round number nine with Rhino is okay, picture put yourself in this mind space. You've already won the fight. It's time. There's no more weight cut. There's no more stress. Everything is going gravy. You are so happy. You're a lady. You're going out with Mark. You're going out with the friends, the family, the teammates. What kind of food are you going to get to indulge in on that night? And where are you getting it from? Oh, man. Um, I don't know. Like, uh, I get that question a lot, too. And it changes. Like, my mood changes day to day. Like, I'm bipolar. It switches all the time. Like... I don't know. I don't, it's hard for me to like decide on what to eat day by day. Um, we used to have a place, um, called Wong King seafood, uh, that we would actually, that's where I would go, um, to go get dim sum, but they closed down during the pandemic. So now that's, that's kind of a big hole in our lives right now. Sure. So yeah, we don't really have a maybe hub, I guess. <laughs> Um, I'm not. I'm not familiar with Hub. Yeah, they're they're kind of a local. There, there's one in Portland and one in Vancouver. Um, it's it's basically it's a brewery, but they're you know also kind of uh, themed around bikes. Like there's a bunch of frames in there. And, oh, cool. Um, they make really good beer. Um, or like McMinimins. There's one by our house. So those are, we actually go there like all the time because since I train so much and we work, like I don't really get home to like 9, 9.30 and those places are always open, you know, at that time. So like, oh, I mean, it's too late, you know, to cook or do anything. Um, but those places are open for us to eat. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it'll probably be someplace like that or just whatever yeah. you're feeling or just whatever you're feeling that night after the fight. I, I I might be one actually. Um, I could eat pho every day, all day, actually. Um, it's so, like, it's so good with the, with the ribeye that gets cooked by the broth. Oh my God. Yeah. I get everything in there. I got the tendons and the tripe and everything. See, I'm not a tri- I'm not a tripe guy. I'm definitely not a tripe guy. I'll just stick with the, I just stick with the ribeye and my pho, but I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I love, I love that dish. That's amazing. So I'm telling you, Battle Angel, you have already rocked your way to the 10th round, and this is the easiest round that you'll have for this entire interview. Just share your social medias with everybody so everybody in the Rhino Gang can follow along. We can all get hyped to get on the Battle Angel train uh, for your next fight for the Invicta Championship. We are all stoked. Yeah, just share your social medias with everybody. Um, I have a Facebook that's just uh, Lisa Spangler Verzosa. Um, and my Instagram is battle underscore angel underscore 1232. That's one, two, three, two. Um, I have a Twitter. I don't really use it cause Twitter, every time I go on there, it's just drama all the time. <laughs> I can't even handle it. So <laughs> I mean, I have one. I kind of retweet things for my drop down bar. <laughs> but that one's a 1232 battle angel if you know anyone wants to follow it 
have, I, I caved and got a TikTok because uh, my best friend had one. Um, and that one's just at Battle Angel 1232. Um, that's just, you know, my dogs and plants and, you know, bikes and stuff. Sure. So we've got so so Facebook and Instagram and obviously TikTok are the three Ooh. places. Also, I'm actually going to share my husband's too because he sometimes he posts more pictures of me than I do. Um, that's Fenrir Shade Thirteen. You know, Fenrir like the like Loki's son, the the wolf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that one's on Instagram as well. Yes. Fantastic. Well, Lisa, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you taking the time today. We we rocked right through our 10 rounds of Rhino. And uh, yeah, like I said, people <laughs> off air don't know the uh, steps and the hoops we had to jump through to get here, but I'm glad we did. And I appreciate I appreciate you chugging along there with me and uh, getting this going. So yeah, we really look forward to your fight August 27th. We're all going to be riding with you on the Battle Angel train, and we certainly appreciate your time today. Yeah, no problem. It was fun. This is Lisa, the Battle Angel Brizosa, and I just went 10 rounds with Rhino. Man, Lisa, thank you so very much. And shout out to your husband and manager, Mark. Great guy. Got to got to, got to know him a little bit over the last week or so. Awesome, awesome stuff. We are so stoked to watch you fight at the end of August for the Bantamweight Championship of Invicta. I hope everybody tunes in that night. We are going to be riding with the Battle Angel that night. So. I definitely want to thank our forum contributors, the big homie Jim Assoon, Mike Morgan from Shots Fired and Wocast Pods, Juice from Friendly Sparring, Kairos also from the Shots Fired and his amazing YouTube channel, the homie Rage Sweet Potato from up in Canada Way, my homie Brian from the Home and Sale, my best friend of all time, Doc. Thank you so much for your questions, you guys. Big shout outs to Cyrus, my homie the Cyrus King, Brat. Marquise from Weeks Sauce Radio, Pokemama, Miss Fight Diva, all the homies of the Rhino Gang, GC, gang gang, Ashley, the ladies of the PRG, my whole underdog MMA fam, my homie, the fil- my new homie, the filthy casual, who added to my vocabulary this week, which I'm super appreciative of. Um, also, an extra shout out and lots of love to our bros, Jim Assoon and the Dean Dog. You guys know why. We, we're all... Uh, we're all we're all really cool to each other in the in the in the group chat and and on the timeline as far as everybody in the Rhino Gang GC and we want to just again send extra love and extra support to our buddies. Champ agrees too apparently at this time. <laughs> Jim Asun and Dean Dog, we love you guys. Hope you guys are hanging in there doing all right. We're thinking of sending lots of love to you, brothers. Of course, to the Triple D, Drea, D Reigns, the best engineer in the biz, Dave Fretz. You guys are the absolute backbone of this operation. Couldn't do it without you. I hope everybody has a wonderful week. Be kind forever and ever. Black Lives Matter. And we will see you next week. Kate Sal!